Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing on this rainy day? All right, I got a few different things. There's no reason to stand. I'm, I got a, several scriptures I'm going to read from, uh, some I'll just refer to, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, correction and the correction needed uh, for change and for growth. If we're honest with ourselves, we can always grow closer to God. He wants us to grow and change and be more tomorrow than what we are today. So we should always be striving you know, to actually grow and, and do more for God, do more in the church, do more for others, uh, to draw closer to him. And so it's important that we focus on that. Um, you know, every time we come to church, we don't need to take that for granted from the learning, the teaching, the preaching that we hear, different things like that, you know, that helps us, helps us in that growth. In fact, a Christian's life should continually be changing, growing, improving. We must remember that this personal growth is not merely self-effort, but it is an effort with God working in us to sanctify us and change us according to his word and his will. We have to keep in mind what our purpose in life even is when we are created, because each and every one is created with a purpose. Um, God has a plan for each and every one of us, and it's up to us whether we actually follow those instructions of what he has laid out for us and what he has planned for us. And so it's important that we're where we need to be with God so that we can adhere to that and so that, that we can actually have that understanding of, of his word and his will for us and then apply it to our, to our lives. And we never know what he's got planned through us that's going to help uh, touch someone else's life or something that someone else is battling with or needing to hear or needing to see. Uh, just in a lot of times not even having to say anything but just being a godly example uh, a lot of times speaks without even speaking words. Philippians 2, 12 and 13, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we talk a little bit about correction. Uh, the first thing I want to say is, so if you're driving down the wrong, driving down the wrong way on a one-way street, wouldn't you want to be warned? So I can contest to this actually happening last night as me and Brother Littles was coming back from Illinois and, of course, we're talking and coming through St. Louis and I'm not really paying attention like I probably should and, you know, the road splits and here I go off into down by this, this stadium instead of staying on 55. So come to, you know, my GPS is rerouting and so come up to the stop sign go through that stop sign, go to the next one, but I'm supposed to turn right, but there's a, a construction sign that says you can only turn left. The road was closed on the right direction. That was only for one block, not realizing and paying attention to the streets on the next block that it was one way, I start on a cross. Fortunately, there was a car that starts, starts honking their horn, flashing their lights and warning me quick enough that I was able to stop and back up and get turned around. So I was thankful for that warning, and it actually you know, helped me to get turned around and get back on track in the path in the direction that I was, was going and that was on my planned route. However, it was great that I had that warning, but if I had been paying attention to begin with, I'd have never got off track. So it's always important that we pay attention in life and that we follow our roadmap, so to speak, in the Bible and the preaching and teaching that we hear so that we don't get off track. 
fortunately, when we do, and we do get off path, the Lord has made way for us, and he's gracious enough that he's willing to forgive us for mistakes that we make, for wrong directions that we go in life, and help us to get turned around and get right back on path. If someone has the ability to warn you of dangers in life, wouldn't you want to hear them so you can avoid the dangers, the harm, or death that could come from these things? I'm not sure about, I'm sure most everyone in here, I think, would answer that as yes. If you could, you know, have a way to be warned continually of, you know, what to do in life or the dangers in life or not to go this direction or not to do this. Or, hey, when you're faced with a, a decision or a choice that you got to make with making the right one, uh, you know, I, I would be nice if I didn't make the wrong choices, if I was able to have that ability. And that's where the Lord works for us with giving us that ability. And if we go to him and ask for guidance and direction, he will help us along our pathway with everything we do. Everyone's answer, uh, as I said, would be yes. However, when we hear the warnings from pastor, from other preaching, from the reading of the word, from hearing teaching, why do we not apply this to our life? Why, you know, I mean, I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to you because there's so many times that if I would had adhere to the warnings of, of God or the teaching or the preaching or in reading the word and what's revealed to me, it, it would be a whole lot better instead of me going down the wrong path or going the wrong direction in life. But human nature and this flesh sometimes hard to get under control at times. Oftentimes we pick and choose what we want to do as if some of the dangers in life don't really apply to us. So, you know, the thing of that is, is, you know, all these dangers apply to each and every one of our lives, but how many times are we walking on the edge? How many times are we kind of on that, that saying that we're on the middle of the fence back and forth of what direction we're going to go? Are we going to live for God? Are we not going to live for God? What do we want to do today? What feels good? What don't feel good? You know, we kind of pick and choose a lot of times depending on what we want. And a lot of times we can make, you know, bad or poor decisions based off our emotions or what we feel like versus uh, leaning on the understanding of God. How many times have we thought that the rules do not apply to me or to us? That happens a lot in life. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people, and depending on their, their status, so to speak, sometimes people think, you know, if they got the, a certain name, sometimes they think that the rules don't apply to them or they can get by with things, but the rules apply to everyone, and everyone's you know, supposed to follow the same rules, whether it be you know, technically speed limit or uh, road signs or you know, a variety of things, but there's so many of them that we kind of pick and choose what we want to follow. You know, there's probably not a lot of us that's planning on robbing a bank because that's not the right thing to do, but we may speed a little bit. I mean, so it's, it's still a pick and choose thing. Have we heard the word and correction from God so long that we have become spiritually numb? How many times, you know, do we hear things that we, you know, there's, there's numerous things that we've heard taught and preached on and sometimes in different ways or different structure, but all the same meaning and still don't apply it to our life. We hear it, we know it, but then we don't actually hide that word into our heart. We don't put that into our mind. We don't allow, you know, that to help guide us as we often uh, should. Today we will discuss positive correction, how God corrects us, how to appreciate that correction, and how to learn to take the correction. Sometimes that's a tough one on, you know, looking at, at actually receiving correction 
as a positive thing. Positive correction, criticism is hypersensitive uh, subject in our world, even in the body of Christ. Correction is all about God trying to turn us toward him. I mean, the thing of it is, is when God's trying to correct us, it's about him trying to help us and benefit us. It's not in a negative way. It's not in a bad way. It's all, you know, beneficial. Therefore, his correction is is a positive thing. Um, Psalms 94 and 12, blessed is the one you discipline, Lord, the one you teach from your law. So it's a positive thing to be able to have that guidance, to be able to have uh, that uh, correction to help keep us on path in, in our lives or when we get off path to be able to get turned back around and find our way again. Correction usually isn't pleasant, but it is necessary and helpful to us. How many you think about, you know, just from the standpoint of uh, a child, you know, and discipline, you know, uh, many in here has children. Uh, some that don't have children have still been involved with either uh, nieces or nephews or, or different ones where you've corrected. And most generally, you're doing that as a, as a positive thing. You know, if the, if the burner's hot on the stove and you've just taken something off and a child's walking over close to the stove, you generally don't let them touch the stove to get burnt. You usually warn them. You correct them if they're getting too close to it. And that's a positive thing. So it's a positive correction versus letting them get hurt, letting them get burnt. And we do that, you know, throughout the life of our children with, with correcting them with, in a positive manner, with helping, you know, guide them in life and help them make uh, good, positive choices. All discipline seems painful, but later yields good fruit. Peace and righteousness is in our life. Hebrews 12, 11 through 13, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. There's, there's numerous things in the Bible that continually give us guidance and give us direction. As I said earlier, you know, the Bible is a roadmap for our lives. And, you know, honestly, every one of us, you know, has made mistakes. We've done things that we, you know, don't need to do or shouldn't do. Uh, but fortunately, God is, is merciful to us. Uh, and we have that opportunity to get back on path. And then the things that we have done wrong or the mistakes that we've made, if we bring them before God and get forgiven of them, those are washed away and, you know, they're, they're not being brought back up again. I mean, it's not like it's going to be a thing that uh, a year down the road. Now, the devil's going to try to tempt you with, you know, things or bring things up. Uh, you know, you're, you're not good enough or you're a failure. You know, he's going to try to uh, convince you of things like that. But uh, that's not of God, naturally, because God, when he forgives, he forgets. It's, it's washed away. We need to respond to God's correction with the right attitude and spirit. So we reap the benefits of godly correction. We learn to appreciate correction when we realize that it comes from God. It may be spoken or relayed through a man or a woman that God is using. So how many, you know, there's, there's times that we will take correction from certain people or from certain, uh, you know, we, we may adhere to it from certain people. But if it comes from some certain individual we may not like or we may not really care for, a lot of times we you know, we'll pick and choose that as well. But if it's coming from God and being spoken through God in the right manner, in the right way, we need to adhere to that. 
you know, and that's where, you know, it, it's tough sometimes with the flesh because if you, you know, maybe don't like a certain person, you know, I've heard even times where, uh, you know, some people, they don't want to come to church if a certain person's preaching or a certain person's teaching or certain, you know, I'm not saying here, I'm just saying in the past, I've heard that. And so it's, it's important if God's using someone that we actually uh, listen to what the word is that God is, is speaking. And it doesn't necessarily mean that up here always. I mean, you know, the thing of it is, is it can be, you can be sitting at home and somebody sends you a message and, you know, because God's inspired them, hey, you need to reach out to someone. And that's a word, you know, and a lot of times from God that is actually helping someone out that, you know, they may be sitting at their house going through some things and dealing with some stuff and all of a sudden somebody reaches out to them. And it's a, it's a can be a positive thing because God's led them that direction. But God will guide people. He will lead people. He will put people in your lives to help you and to help us along our way. Don't despise correction because God loves who he corrects. So it's a good thing. I mean, if, if God, it's just like the, the scenario I use with the kids. We correct our kids because we love them and we want best for them and we don't want harm to come to them. God, it's the same thing with God. He wants good for us. So when he's correcting us, it's a positive thing. If he didn't correct us and just let us do whatever we wanted to do, we'd all be in a, a bad shape, you know, as far as per se, you know, with this flesh for sure. As we read in Proverbs 3, 11, and 12, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Um, we, we discussed a little bit, one of the notes I had was the talking about the parents or, you know, grandparents or, or maybe a friend or a loved one, um, pastor, teachers, you know, different ones, uh, just different examples that we've talked about with uh, people in our lives that sometimes may give us correction. Uh, sometimes a, a true friend may tell you something, uh, and it may, they may be reading your mail to you, but you don't want to hear it at the time. You don't want to hear what they've got to say. Uh, but you look back on that later on and you realize, hey, they, that was meant for my good. Uh, a lot of times when we're dealing with things, we don't want to hear the right way to go, especially if it's not what we really want. Uh, you know, uh, it's kind of the same scenario as a kid. I mean, when a kid's wanting to do something and the parent's correcting them, they don't understand the benefits of that correction. Uh, it's kind of like the saying of, you know, this spanking a child is going to hurt me worse than it does them. And when you're a child, you don't understand that. But when you become an adult or become a parent, you understand that because of the emotional side. Not from the physical standpoint, but the emotional side of it. But sometimes that's needed for proper correction. How many of you have corrected someone? How did that go when you corrected them? Now, of course, it could have been the child or it could be a friend, you know, things of that nature. But, you know, if, if you... Uh, feel like God has is, is actually led you to go to someone and to give them guidance or correction, if it's done in the right way, in the right manner, um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, if, if someone comes up to me and says, hey, I've you know, been praying, God's, you know, laid you on my mind or on my heart, you know, I've got some things I'd like to, to bring up or, you know, then I, I should take that in a positive way and not be negative against that person. Because if it's from God and God's led them to do it, and they've got the right attitude, it's a positive thing. Unfortunately, sometimes people go about it in the wrong manner, the wrong way, 
or they may use their personal opinion versus what God's direction is. And that's where sometimes it can be a little troubling or misleading. When you correct them, is it for their own good, for safety, or maybe even their life? It is done, if it is done uh, genuinely and out of love, you want good for your children. So positive correction nets positive results. Uh, you know, as, as we all know, we can give guidance, we can give direction, and then what someone does with that is up to each individual. Um, you know, we can guide our kids in certain decisions or certain choices, and sometimes they follow our direction or the guidance that we give them, and sometimes they got to learn the hard way. I know there's been things in my life that I've had to learn the hard way that then I look back on it, it's like, man, it would have been so much easier if I'd have just listened and followed the direction that I was actually given. But at the time, it's one of them situations where you just feel like or think that you just know best or you know better or they just don't understand the circumstances or the situations or what I'm dealing with or what I'm going through. But God does know everything that we're dealing with. God's motive to correct us is his love and delight for us. When God corrects us, this reaffirms our family connection. He deals with us as his sons and daughters. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children, for what children are not disciplined by their father? Hebrews 12 and 9 tell us, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Should we not give much greater reverence to our heavenly father? Ultimately, God is correcting us because he loves us and he cares for us. And so we should look at that in a positive manner when he does that. And as I said, when you're going through something and dealing with it, it's very hard to look at that as a positive thing. But God's you know, doing that for our benefit and for our good. Uh, how God corrects us. There are many ways by which God corrects us. The first way... God corrects us is with his Holy Spirit within us. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us to deny worldly lust and live according to godly characteristics. So with God dwelling within us, he gives us that guidance and that help that we need and that correction that sometimes is quickened to our spirit, you know, and, that, and warnings that we get sometimes in life of something don't feel right or situation don't feel right or something's not, you know, I don't need to do this. You know, God will will help us with that. But we've got to be in tune with God as well. You know, we need to we need to adhere to that and, and be focused on God and, and what God is trying to tell us and lead us and correct us to help us. God also corrects us by his word to us. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness so we may be complete. Or perfect. The, you know, the thing of it is, is that there's, there's numerous examples and numerous things and numerous ways that God works through people and through the word. I mean, you know, there's times that, that I can pick up the Bible and get ready to read and, and, you know, I may have something on my mind and I end up in a, in a different uh, area of the Bible and reading something that, that I needed to hear and, and maybe something that, you know, I didn't even realize it was in the Bible. I uh, didn't even realize that, 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 
you know, verse was in there that that scripture, you know, and, and it was something that I needed to hear, something that was uplifting or something that, you know, the Lord's speaking to me. Doctrine is what is right. Reproof is what is not right. Correction is how to get right. And instruction in righteousness is how to stay right. Lastly, God corrects by his leaders for us. He gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to perfect and edify the church. Leaders will bring the church into complete unity and make us more like him. How do we appreciate correction? We can appreciate correction when we realize that it gets us to where we need to go. So when we think about from the, that perspective, as I said earlier, you know, uh, if we look at life and things that we've dealt with and went through in life and, and things that we've had to learn the hard way, so to speak, we can appreciate when someone gives us correction or when we hear the word and can apply that to our life to help us to stay on, on the right path. We're all on a spiritual journey, and we need God's correction to keep us on the right path. A lack of correction will always lead to a surplus of confusion and make us lose our way. We can learn to appreciate his correction when we realize it gets us to our destination and helps with an arrival time that's sometimes quicker than we could have ever expected. I don't know about you, but I would, I would much rather go the easy route or the easy road as far as the hard road, but I've, I've not always done that. I've always, you know, a lot of times leaned on my own understanding instead of God's, so it's important that, you know, that we receive and appreciate the correction and apply it to our life to help us out. God's correction can always or also be there to help protect us. Correction is many times needed, but we have a tendency to avoid it and instead ask for deliverance. A lot of times we deal with situations or circumstances and we have to go through things for spiritual growth that don't make sense to us at the current time that we're going through it. Because if we have our choice in our, in our way, we don't want to deal with the hardships in life and we don't want to deal with the pain and the suffering and some of the things that we have to deal with and go through. And sometimes we deal with things and, and we don't understand a lot of times what we're going through at the time we're going through it. We don't understand. We can look at our lives. We can look at other people's lives and feel like, you know, I don't understand why things are so hard for someone or why they're dealing with something. And a lot of times if we have the ability, our natural tendency is to try to help pull someone out of a situation. And I'm not saying that, you know, we don't want to try to help people as much as we can with certain things, We you know, as far as that goes. But there is certain things that a person has to go through for God to show them, to mold them, to, to help them. And when they come through that, they're way better than they was before they went into it. And when someone's dealing with a circumstance or situation, it's, it's definitely hard to, to apply that to our lives. It's way easier to, to speak it to someone when things is going great, when you're on top of the mountain, when things is wonderful in your life, but when things are not so well, when things are not great or uh, various circumstances has happened in life, then at that point in time, it's hard to, to feel positive about applying the scripture to our life or feeling like, hey, what good's going to come from this? The key to learning how to appreciate correction is having a correct response from our heart. 
Correction is truly a heart issue. How to learn to take correction? We learn to take correction from our body. We need to possess our vessels in sanctification and honor. Also, we need to learn to take correction for our minds. Scripture admonishes us to think and dwell on good things. How many times do we, you know, if we have something bad going on in our life, if we're able to, you know, maybe uh, listen to some preaching or listen to, you know, good music, uh, talk to God, you know, get that out of our mind, you know, get, you know, maybe had a bad day at work or, or just different things, something's happened in life. But if we dwell on those things, it, it's generally, you know, not going to fix anything by dwelling on them. But if we pray about them, if we bring them to God, if we ask for help or for guidance, uh, you know, and we can change our thought process, it is definitely more beneficial than just dwelling on something that, you know, that a lot of times that we just, you know, will maybe murmur, complain, or, you know, uh, make the situation even worse because of our dwelling upon it. Lastly, we need to learn to take correction in our spirit. We do this by keeping God's commandments. You know, if we follow God's commandments in life, it makes life so much easier. Uh, if we follow directions in life, it makes things so much easier. But it's a situation with our heart. We have to stay in tune with God. We have to make sure that we're doing all that we need to do in order to, to do that. Why people don't take spiritual correction in their life? People don't take correction because sometimes of negligence or rebelliousness. The simple can't be corrected because they choose not to know what's right. The fool knows what's right, but he doesn't care. The scorner thinks he's right. Regardless of the issue, there is one root cause, which is pride. If we can't take correction, we ultimately have a humility issue. The right heart response to correction is the example set by David. God sent him a leader to explain how David had sinned. David could have put the prophet Nathan to death, but instead he chose to repent. Firstly, he acknowledged his sin, and then he asked for God to create in him a clean heart and renew a right spirit within him. We, like David, need confession and restoration in our life. So the positive correction in our lives and having the right heart and the right uh, response to that correction can be very beneficial in our life. And it's very important that we stay focused on that and that, that if we deal with that, if we have a humility problem as far as with being able to humble ourselves to the word and to correction and to teaching, uh, you know, it's something we need to work on. I mean, we all have our uh, various issues and problems with that and with sometimes with correction and things of that nature. But... Uh, this this flesh we battle with and we deal with a lot of things, but we do have a spiritual guide as far as uh, the, with the Bible and, and with teaching and preaching and, and the Word. And so it's very important that we apply this to our life and everything that we do. Thank you, Brother Kaiser. I think, um, you know, whenever you're corrected, I... I Never really enjoyed correction. Is there anybody else that I, I, I didn't? I didn't say thank you for that spanky. I was uh, 
not really excited about correction, but I think that was an excellent study on correction. And the insight that is there, as he was talking, I, I looked at the scripture in Revelation, and the Lord said, as many as I love, I correct. As many as I love, I chasten. And then the response, like we talked about, the response to the word is what brings the result. What he tells us to do is, listen, I love you. That's why I did that. How many of you, your parents said after they gave you a whipping, that's, I did that because I love you. I, I mean, my parents said that same thing. This is harder. This, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And I'm like, I didn't want to call my mom and dad a liar because I would have got a whipping again for that. But I was like, you know, I don't see how that. We had this little paddle that, uh, you know that, that paddle that has a ball on it and you hit it like that, Sister McMillan, that toy back in the day? I always wanted one of those, and then whenever the ball broke, then that became the paddle. So I'm like, I don't want that toy anymore. But they always found something, but they would say, I, I love you, that's why I did it. And I didn't feel that at the time, but then as I got older, I had an understanding like you were talking about today. Well, that's what the Lord says, and I think that's what Brother, Brother Kaiser was helping us to understand is that this correction comes because we have a loving God. But the response is that we are to be zealous or to make certain that we follow it with repentance. And so as I was hearing this, you know, um, thinking of those things that I've done wrong, I, I am corrected by God. I want to make certain that I follow the teaching that we have with repentance. And then it also says uh, that whenever uh, he is a father to us, he chastens us because of the love that he has for us. And as, as he does that, then there's, there's hope for us. He says, chasten thy son while there's hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. So I'm thankful he corrects us even when we don't want him to. And that was a word that helped me today. And I hope the same for you. Let's pray that it will. God, I pray that you will help us to receive from your word today. And repent. God, I pray that what we have heard today, you will help us to understand that it was for our good, even though it felt bad. I pray that you will allow us to see that you do what you do because of the love that you have for us. And if we'll respond in that love, we'll reap the result that you have intended. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We have just a few moments. We're going to take a break. We're going to begin service with the time of prayer for our needs and then have a wonderful time of worship. Glad that you're here. Tell somebody the same. God bless you.